All right, if you would, get your Bibles out and turn to 1 Chronicles, the Old Testament book of 1 Chronicles, chapter 16. As I'm sure you're aware, this week is Thanksgiving week. One Thanksgiving season, a family was seated around their table. They had their normal, traditional Thanksgiving meal. The turkey is sitting in the middle of the table, about to be carved. But every year, this family, before they would carve the turkey, they would go around the table, and everyone would share what it is that they're most thankful for for the year. Well, little Tommy couldn't wait. He wanted to go first, so he's raising his hand. He said, let me go first, let me go first. So finally, his dad says, okay, Tommy, you can go first. So Tommy takes a moment and he pauses and he's staring at that turkey in the middle of the table and he says, I thank God for this turkey that we are about to eat. And then he continued on and he said, and I thank God for my mom who cooked the turkey. And then before anybody could jump in and say anything, he continues on and he says, and I thank the grocery store clerk who sold us that turkey. And I thank the stalker who put that turkey out for us to be able to buy. And I thank the truck driver who drove that turkey to the store so that the stalker could put it out. And I thank the farmer who raised that turkey and got it real big and fat so that it could be put on the truck to be taken to the store. And I thank the one who provided the the feed for the turkey to help him get fat. And he goes down this list and then finally he takes a breath and he stops and he says, okay, did I leave anyone out? And his younger brother very quickly says, you left out God. To which Tommy quickly responded and said, I was just about to get to him. You know, Thanksgiving is a tradition that we've gone through for all of us, for all of our lives, right? It's always been around. And I think just like a lot of traditions, sometimes it's easy for us to forget what the real meaning and what the real purpose is. And for some, Thanksgiving is just a time where we get a few extra days off of work. Or if you're in school, you get a whole week off now. I remember the days we used to only get two days. Um, But now they get a whole week off of school. So it's this party time that they get to have, right? And we have this great feast and we sit down together and there's football games on and it's real busy because we've got all of our family here. And sometimes it's like maybe we'll get around to God as part of our Thanksgiving celebration. But the reality is, for us as believers, Thanksgiving time ought to be just a short reminder to us of we should be thankful each and every day of our life for the many blessings that God has given us. We are truly a blessed people as children of God. And we should recognize that each and every day. And it shouldn't be something that, well, I'll get around to remembering God. I'll get around to thanking God for all the blessings. We should wake up every morning with thanksgiving on our hearts for all that God has done. And then when we get to the day of thanksgiving, someone said we we could take a break from thanksgiving on that day. Well, I disagree with that statement. But when we are giving thanks each and every day of our life for all the blessings that God has given us, then when thanksgiving day comes... It's just even more special because it helps us to remember why we celebrate and what we do. Now, there are a lot of places that we could go in Scripture as we think about giving thanks to God. And as I was preparing this message this week, I kept getting drawn back to this Old Testament passage in 1 Chronicles. 
First and Second Chronicles was written about 450 years before Christ was born, and it gives the history of God's redemption from Adam to Israel's captivity by the Babylonians. And it was written for the Jews who have now come out of captivity. They have come back to their land, and the land is not like it was. Their home is not like it was. Walls have been torn down. Cities have been destroyed. And they recognize that the reason that they were in captivity to begin with was because of their disobedience to God under the reign of King Saul. And so they're wondering, is there any hope for us? They're wondering, is there any hope of us ever becoming anything great again? And so this history was written to encourage them. To encourage them that God has been faithful in the past and God is still faithful today. To remind them to look back at God's faithfulness in the past because when we remember God's faithfulness in the past, it helps us as we move forward in the future with hope and without fear. When we realize who God is and what He continues to do, what He has always done and what He always will do, it brings that hope into our life. So no matter how bad it looked, this is to remind them of God's faithfulness so that they can move forward with this hope in their life. And so in chapter 16, the people are reminded of a great day when King David brought the Ark of the Covenant back to Jerusalem. Now, when, they, when the Israelites went into captivity, the Ark of the Covenant was taken captive. And so now, David is king. He's been king not very long. And he says, we're going to bring the Ark of the Covenant back. Now, the Ark of the Covenant represented God's presence for the people. And so the people were excited that King David was going to bring this ark back. The Philistines had captured the ark and they had put the ark in their temple of their, of their God, mocking the real God. And so this was an exciting time for them. This was a, a great day for them. They are now out of captivity and the ark of the covenant's coming back, meaning the presence of God is there. So David builds a house for himself and he builds a tent to put uh, the Ark of the Covenant in. And the Ark of the Covenant has now made its way back. And we see that in the first few verses of chapter 16. There is a great celebration that goes on. They are making sacrifices for the forgiveness of sins. They are singing songs. They are celebrating what God has done through King David and getting the Ark back to its rightful place. There's lots of food. And they are just having a great thanksgiving time for what is happening now David the king has brought the ark back and when you read the first six verses of this chapter again you see this huge celebration all kinds of instruments being played and then we get to verse 7 and it's in verse 7 that David gave the people a new song to sing and so that's where I want us to uh, pick up this morning Verse 7, we're going to read a lot of verses here. We don't have time today to go down and break down each one of these verses. So we're going to pick out a, a few things that I want you to consider as we think about Thanksgiving here today. So beginning in verse 7, it says, On that day, David gave to Asaph and his fellow Levites this song of thanksgiving to the Lord. Give thanks to the Lord and proclaim His greatness. Let the whole world know what He has done. Sing to him, yes, sing his praises. Tell everyone about his wonderful deeds. Exalt his holy name. Rejoice, you who worship the Lord. 
Search for the Lord and for His strength. Continually seek Him. Remember the wonders He has performed, His miracles and the rulings He has given. You children of His servant Israel, you descendants of Jacob, His chosen ones. He is the Lord our God. His justice is seen throughout the land. Remember His covenant forever, the commitment He made to a thousand generations. This is the covenant He made with Abraham and the oath He swore to Isaac. He confirmed it to Jacob as a decree and to the people of Israel as a never-ending covenant. I will give you the land of Canaan as your special possession. He said this when you were few in number, a tiny group of strangers in Canaan. They wandered from nation to nation, from one kingdom to another. Yet he did not let anyone oppress them. He warned kings on their behalf, Do not touch my chosen people and do not hurt my prophets. Let the whole earth sing to the Lord. Each day proclaim the good news that He saves. Publish His glorious deeds among the nations. Tell everyone about the amazing things He does. Great is the Lord. He is most worthy of praise. He is to be feared above all gods. The gods of other nations were mere idols. But the Lord made the heavens. Honor and majesty surround Him. Strength and joy fill His dwelling. O nations of the world, recognize the Lord. Recognize that the Lord is glorious and strong. Give to the Lord the glory He deserves. Bring your offering and come into His presence. Worship the Lord in all His holy splendor. Let all the earth tremble before Him. The world stands firm and cannot be shaken. Let the heavens be glad and the earth rejoice. Tell all the nations the Lord reigns. Let the sea and everything in it shout His praise. Let the fields and their crops burst out with joy. Let the trees of the forest sing for joy before the Lord. For He is coming to judge the earth. Give thanks to the Lord for He is good. His faithful love endures forever. Cry out, save us, O God, of our salvation. Gather and rescue us from among the nations so we can thank your holy name and rejoice and praise you. Praise the Lord, the God of Israel, who lives from everlasting to everlasting. And all the people shouted, what's that next word? No, they shouted it. What's that next word? Amen and praised the Lord. Now, I know there's a lot of stuff there. There's a lot of things to consider today and I do want you to know that the first part of that, you can go into Psalms 105 and you can read that. But it's a wonderful song of David. As the people are celebrating, and he's encouraged them, continue to celebrate. And here's the reasons that you celebrate. Here's the reasons that you should be giving thanksgiving to God. And so I want you to consider this as we move into this Thanksgiving week. And how should we be giving thanks to God ourselves? How does this apply to us today in our world that we live in and where we are at with the Lord? So a couple things I want us to point out real quick. The first thing is this, that true thanks belongs to the Lord. True thanks belongs to the Lord. You say, well, I know that. I came here this morning just to hear that. True thanks belongs to the Lord. And I think we all need to be reminded of that. You see, here's King David, a brand new king. He's young. He's brand new on the job. And he brings this Ark of the Covenant back. He builds a place for it to go. The people are all excited. And it would have been real easy at this moment for King David to say, look how good of a leader I am. Look at what I have done. 
I was able to get this set up. I was able to bring the Ark of the Covenant back. Look at me. And this just shows how great of a leader I'm going to continue to be. You made the right choice when you decided that I was a good leader. It would have been real easy for him to do that, right? It would have been real easy for the people Even if David didn't do that, it would have been real easy for the people going, look at the great leader that we now have. Look at the one who is taking care of business, the one who is stepping up and he is able to make things happen. Look at how wonderful he is. We have this great leader that's in place. But David recognizes and he wants the people to recognize that all the blessings, all the blessings come from the Lord. And it is the Lord that is worthy to be praised. And I think we always need to be reminded of that. Because sometimes in our life, it's easy for us to start looking at our accomplishments. Or to start looking at the accomplishments of others. We raise ourselves up on a pedestal or we raise other people up on a pedestal and we begin to forget that it is God who provides all those blessings. Yes, David was a great leader, but the reason that David was a great leader is because he had a heart that followed God. David was a great leader because God gave him the ability to be a great leader. And I look out among this place and I see some great leaders. I see some people that can do amazing things. But the only reason you have the ability to do those amazing things is because God gives you that ability. And David says, look to the Lord. Praise the Lord. Give thanks to the Lord. Because He is the one who is worthy In James chapter 1, verse 17, James says, Whatever is good and perfect is a gift coming down to us from God. Not you, not me, but coming down from God. David knew that, and David recognized this, and he wanted the people to understand this. Because here's the reality. They knew that they were in captivity because of their faults, their failures, their mistakes, the things that they have done. And if they now depend upon themselves to restore that relationship with God, to become something great again through God, if they depended on themselves to do that, they were going to be greatly disappointed. But if they look back at the faithful blessings of God and recognize that it is God that provides, then they will be reminded that no matter where God takes them in the future, God can do even greater things than He did in the past. And the same is true for each one of us. Sometimes we look at our failures, we look at our mistakes, and we back up and go, God can never use me. God can never do anything great again. Look at what God did in the past, and if He did it in the past, He can certainly do it in the future. And that's what David wants them to recognize. Now, in a few verses, David lists, gives us a list of ways that we can thank the Lord and give Him praise Uh, Some of them speak directly to God. Some of them speak to others about God's greatness. And some of us just remind us to remember in our hearts what God has done. I want to run through these real quick. So first of all, give thanks. Verse 8, give thanks to God means to truly give thanks from the heart for all that God has done. You know, when our kids are young, we teach them, be grateful. If somebody does something for you, be grateful and just say thank you, right? It's a polite thing to do. And sometimes we say thank you, but that thank you doesn't come from the heart, right? It's like we expected them to do that for us. We expected it from them, but we're going to say thank you because we want to be polite. 
Well, giving thanks to God isn't just giving thanks in a polite kind of way because we need to be polite to God. It's giving thanks from the heart, recognizing who we are, recognizing who God is, and recognizing what God has done for us and truly being grateful and giving Him thanks. When we give thanks to God, we are acknowledging that all good things come from Him and truly giving thanks acknowledges our need for Him in our lives. And then he goes on in verse 8 to where we should make him known. Look what he says. He says, let the whole world know what he has done. Let the whole world know what he has done. So make him known to others. Did you know that when we are sharing what God has done in our lives, we're telling others how they can have a relationship with God in a way that's giving thanks to God for what he has done for us. And we want to share that with other people. So he says, make him known. I know that there are times that people don't want to hear about God or what God has done. But listen, as children of God, we should never be silent about the blessings that God continues to pour out upon us. We should never be silent. He says to proclaim His greatness. And to proclaim His greatness means that we declare it clearly and we declare it boldly who God is and what God has done. And at Thanksgiving, that's a great time. People that were around to to say, I give thanks to my God for what He has done for me. Because without Him, I am nothing. Then he goes on and he tells us to sing praises. Singing is an outward expression of our worship as we respond to who God is and all that God has done. Now I know that some people uh, don't like to sing. I love to sing. Matter of fact, the best praise songs that I sing, the best time I'm praising Jesus is when I'm driving down the road, and that's a blessing to you guys. I I sing in here, but not like I do when I'm driving down the road, because uh, some of us didn't get the gift of carrying a tune, uh, the gift of remembering the words. Matter of fact, when our kids were young, we'd be driving down the road, I'd be singing, and I didn't care if they heard how bad my singing was, but they'd be correcting me on the words. I don't have the best hearing. I can't understand what they're saying on the radio. So sometimes I have to make up the words. And sometimes my words are better than what's on the song anyway. And so they would correct me and say, that's not what it says. And I'd have to ask them, well, what does it say? And uh, you're interrupting my time of worship. And, uh, uh, but, but singing is good. Singing is an outward expression of what God is doing in our heart and reminding ourselves and giving thanks to Him for how good He is. And I got news for you. If you don't like to sing, wait till you get to heaven. Ooh, there's going to be some good singing going on there. I hope my voice is better than it is here. Uh, But there's going to be some good singing in heaven, right? Bible gives us a picture of that. We're going to be gathered around the throne and we're going to be worshiping God. And I believe there's going to be a few new songs up there that we've never heard. And, and they're going to be out of this world, literally. All right, you can think about that one. All right, then he goes on and he says, exalt his holy name. To exalt means to raise to the highest of heights. To exalt God is to raise God to the highest place in our lives and in everything that we do. To give him first place in every thought in our mind, First place in every word that we speak and first place in every deed that we have done. How well are you doing on that one? I won't tell you how well I'm doing because I graded myself this week. But this is a good reminder that that's how we should live each and every day. Lifting God up and giving Him His rightful place. And then he says to seek the Lord in verse 11. 
To seek the Lord means to turn to God. To desire to be in a relationship with Him and to come into His presence for fulfillment, strength, and for help. And then in verse 12, he says, remember. Remember what He has done. Take time to pause. Take time to think back. Take time to reflect on God's goodness in your life. And this helps us to live our lives again with hope rather than to live with fear as the world around us continues to get crazier and crazier each and every day. To remember, to reflect. Remember God's goodness in your life. So those are just some things that he lists. And if we'll take those, we'll apply them to our life. I guarantee you we'll have a great Thanksgiving week as we move forward. And then the second thing that I want you to notice is that we should thank the Lord for His salvation. Thank the Lord for His salvation. Uh, Look back with me, if you would, at verses 15 through 18. He says, Remember His covenant forever, the commitment He made to a thousand generations. This is the covenant He made with Abraham and the oath He swore to Isaac. He confirmed it to Jacob as a decree and to the people of Israel as a never-ending covenant. Now, it is very appropriate here that David focuses on this idea of God's covenant. God has always dealt with people through a covenant. And David here points out, you need to remember God's covenant. In Genesis chapter 2, verses 1 through 3, God made a covenant with Abraham regarding a land, a nation, and a messianic blessing. And this is the covenant that they were living under at this time. And he's saying, remember the covenant that God made with Abraham, that he is going to make you a great nation. That, that things are going to be okay. Things are going to be good because of the covenant that God made with his people. And by the way, when God makes a covenant, God keeps his covenant, Right? Matter of fact, if you don't believe me, I'm going to run through a few covenants real quick that God made. And you can look back and you can see that God has kept His word on the covenant. God will never not keep His word. So here's the covenants. Again, in Genesis 12, 1 through 3, He made the covenant with Abraham. In Exodus 19, 5 through 8, God made a covenant with Israel as a nation regarding a law, a sacrifice, and the choice of a blessing or a curse. In 2 Samuel 7, God made a covenant with David regarding the specific lineage of the Messiah. In Jeremiah 31, verses 31 through 34, God made the covenant, or He prophesied the covenant of the new covenant that would be an everlasting covenant where God would write His law on the hearts of His people. And this covenant finds its fulfillment in the life, death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. Where God's covenant is now an everlasting covenant through the sacrifice that was made once and for all. So you see, when you go back to the covenant that God made with Abraham, there's going to have to be sacrifices along the way. There's going to have to be a certain way to live. That's the way it was in all these covenants. Except for this final covenant that is once and for all a forever covenant covenant because of what Jesus Christ did for us on the cross. So for us, what is he saying? Look back at that covenant. Look back at your salvation. 
Remember what Christ did for you on the cross. In a moment, we're going to have a time of communion. It's a beautiful time where we remember what Christ did for us. His body that was broken for us. His blood that was poured out for us. We remember that covenant that was made. That once and for all covenant. And I want to tell you, I don't care what's going on in the world around us. I don't care how bad life may seem. If you go back and look at what God did for us in giving us salvation through His Son, Jesus Christ, nothing else matters. Because we have hope through Jesus. We have life through Jesus. And we have promises through Jesus that we would not have otherwise. But God made a covenant, and God kept His covenant, and it was appropriate because the Ark of the Covenant is coming back, the reminder of God's presence with them. And when we remember what Christ did for us, it's a reminder of God's presence that's now with us through His Son, Jesus Christ, who never leaves us, never forsakes us. And then the third thing that I want you to notice we see down in verse 31, we're skipping a lot of stuff here. So look down at verse 31. He says, let the heavens be glad and the earth rejoice. Tell the nation, the Lord reigns. Aren't you grateful today that our God reigns? Aren't you thankful today that He reigns high above anyone, anything, anywhere of any time? And we can face the things that we face in this world. We can go through difficulties. We can go through great times. And we can know that our God is on the throne. That our God reigns. When he mentions the Lord's reign, it is a reminder that our God is the ruler over all of creation and all authority. And he mentions here, the heavens will be glad. The earth will rejoice. The sea and everything in it will shout his praise. The fields and the crops will burst out with joy. The trees and the forest sing with joy before the Lord. All creation recognizes and worships the Lord because our Lord reigns and he is greater than all of creation. So he gives us picture that all of creation around us is shouting out that our Lord reigns. I love, I love the picture of that. And I love what Romans 1, 18 through 23 says. It says, but God shows His anger from the heaven against all sinful, wicked people who suppress the truth by their wickedness. They know the truth about God because He has made it obvious to them. For every since the world was created, people have seen the earth and sky. Through everything God made, they can clearly see His invisible qualities, His eternal power and divine nature so that they have no excuse for not knowing God. Look at God's creation. All of God's creation recognizes that God reigns. And it should be a clue to us to also recognize that God reigns. And we should praise Him as all of creation praises Him. We should give Him thanks for His reign. For God is good and He reigns on high. He goes on to say, yes, they knew God, but they wouldn't worship Him as God or even give Him thanks. And they began to think up foolish ideas of what God was like. And as a result, their minds became dark and confused. Claiming to be wise, they instead became utter fools. And instead of worshiping the glorious ever-living God, they worshiped idols made to look like mere people and birds and animals and reptiles. So even though God had made Himself known through creation, people 
still rejected him. Still people refused to believe. And so David is saying, remember what God has done and give thanks for all of these things. Because here's why. When we begin to go back and we thank God for all of these things, then it causes us, it forces us, it helps us to remember all of God's blessings. Who God is, what God has done, and what God will continue to do. Because God is the same yesterday, today, and He'll be the same forevermore. This God that David was singing about and celebrating about is the same God that we sing about and that we celebrate about. But as I look back at this, I am so glad that we're on this side of the new covenant than that side of the new covenant. I'm so glad that we don't have to make the sacrifices and to do the things to try to be in right standing with God. All we have to do is place our faith and trust in Jesus Christ and allow Him to be the Lord and Savior of our life, to allow Him to reign inside of us. And that is something great to be thankful for. I'm going to ask you to bow your head and close your eyes this morning. And I want us just to take a little bit of time and and let's reflect today on God's goodness. Let's reflect today on who He is and what He has done. Let's remember the past. And I want you to take a moment and just think about this new covenant. To think about your salvation with Him. And I want to ask you the most important question I think you can be asked is do you know Him today as your personal Lord and Savior? Is He reigning in your life because you have placed your faith and trust in Him? You recognize that He went to the cross, that He died for your sins, and that He was buried, and then three days later He rose again, and today He lives seated at the right hand of the Father. And one day He's coming soon. And you believe that in your heart, and you have placed your faith and trust in Him. Do you know Him today? Today, if you don't know Him as your Lord and Savior, then I would encourage you, right where you're at, would you just open up your heart to Him today? If the Holy Spirit is drawing you today, would you say yes to Him and say, Lord, today, I want to make you the Lord and Savior of my life. Today, I want you to forgive my sins, and I want you to be with me and be in me. Would you do that today? Most important decision you will ever make in your life. Christian, today, would you just take some time to reflect on His blessings and His goodness? In just a moment, and when we're done praying, our men are going to come and they're going to hand out the communion elements. And as you take those today and the praise team begins to sing, I want you to take a few moments as you hold that in your hand And just be reminded today of all that God has done. Look back. Be reminded of His goodness. Be reminded of His salvation. Be reminded of all His blessings that He gives us each and every day. Take some time to pause today and reflect on Him. Father, I thank You today for Your Word. I thank you for this time of celebration that we see uh, with David and the Israelites. And God, we just look at that. It just makes my heart glad as I see that. And God, to know that we have every reason in the world in our own lives to have that kind of celebration each and every day. 
God, I thank you today for all that you've done. God, as we look back from Genesis all the way up, God, we see your blessings over and over and over. We see your faithfulness over and over. And God, when we look at the cross, we see your salvation. And God, today I'm so grateful for that salvation. God, I'm so grateful for your wonderful love for us that while we were yet sinners, Christ took our place on the cross and he died for us. God, I thank you for his body that was broken. I thank you for his blood that was poured out and shed for each one of us. And God, I pray right now for anyone here that maybe they have not placed their faith and trust in you as their Lord and Savior, that your spirit would just speak to their hearts today and that today they would say yes to you. Today would be the day of salvation for them. God, I pray as believers in this place today that we would just take a moment. We would pause in our hearts today. God, you would just clear our minds right now that we wouldn't be thinking about what's going on later today or this week, but God, for the next few moments, can we just spend this time with you again reflecting on who you are, giving you praise for who you are. God, we love you today. We thank you for your presence that's here. We thank you for the work that you're doing in our hearts. In Christ's name I pray. Amen.